All right, how good is it to be in church this morning? And those of you who are listening on live stream, welcome. It's good to have you with us. So we're actually going to be introducing a new focus over the next six months. It's called Parenting with Purpose. So it's going to run a little bit like our marriage moments, where there were just some short clips every fortnight. We had some tips, some tools, some challenges, some ideas. We're going to do the same with parenting. And here at Nightlife Church, we love families, we value families, and we value our kids. And we want to see strong, healthy, resilient faith-filled kids growing up. So, And on that, if you're sitting here and going, uh, I'm not a parent or I'm not in the season of parenting or it, there are life lessons here out of, that we hope to share that, that God will use to encourage you. So just open your heart up. I mean, there's children past, children's pastors, there's youth, um, leaders. youth leaders, there's grandparents, there's people here that are going to have children soon or are having children and they're about to go through the stage of parenting. So I want to encourage you, open your heart and uh, you know, our prayer is that God would, would speak to you and, and encourage you and challenge you and even possibly convict you. So uh, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Yes. Awesome. So we're going to kick off the Parenting with Purpose focus today, and we're going to be sharing some things with you that we've learned along the way, some challenges uh, we've faced. We've certainly made many, 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 many mistakes. Um, but, you know, we're not perfect parents, but we've learned some things, so we're hoping that we can encourage you. And actually, when we told one of our boys, Tyler, that we were doing this, and I'm going to quote him word for word here, he actually said to me, are they sure they don't want someone else to do this? And I said, thank you for your faith and encouragement and that you just believe in us. Thank you, Tyler. So I, I went straight to Michaela, who's 13 and a half, and I said, how would you rate our parenting? You know, uh, well, at a 10, she loves a score at a 10. Um, she said, look, you're not bad. Uh, uh, I'm going to give you a, a, just seven. And I went, I wasn't sure whether to be offended or whether to be actually really pleased from a teenager giving us a seven. I think a seven's actually it's a pretty good. Right. It's a positive. All right. All right. So just some very quick background on the two of us. Most of you would be aware that we have both been married before. We are a blended family. We have five kids, ranging five, oh. ranging from the age of 13 to 31. Um, both Greg and I were children's pastors for about seven years. Greg has been a teacher for, or was a teacher for many, many years, a school chaplain, and he is currently still a tennis coach. He's been doing that for 30 odd years. So he's had plenty of opportunity to work with kids. A little too much, I think. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. And I was a single mum of three kids for a few years as well. And we are brand new grandparents to a little baby girl called Isla, who's absolutely gorgeous. So before we start, or naturally, I'm going to say I do miss her because she lives in WA so but she's lovely so anyway let's pray father god we love you and we thank you for this time together lord i just ask that you would go before us this morning and as we share what we believe you've placed on our hearts that we'd be able to encourage others father god to go deeper with you lord and to really um have great conversations what it is about being a parent um, and how they can encourage their children to go deeper in with you as well lord so we love you and we thank you for this opportunity in jesus name we pray amen all okay. right, take it away, Greg. Yes. All right, if you're taking notes, no, no one's taking notes. All right, but the first, thank you, Gary, take this note. Number one, the first area we want to encourage you with uh, as a parent or someone who has an influence over, over children is to take responsibility in training up your own child. It is completely, number one, your responsibility. In 1 Samuel 3.13, in the NIV version, it speaks about Eli, who was the high priest at the time, and his two sons. 
And it says this. Yes. For his sons reviled God and he did not correct them in any way. So this is the high priest of Israel. His sons reviled God and he did not correct them in any way. See, Eli desired the applause of his children more than the the approval of God. And so as parents, we actually have to make a decision. Are we going to be parents or are we going to be friends? And I think one of the challenges is we want to be liked by our kids, but the bottom line is we have to draw a line sometimes and say, I'm going to be a parent. That's our responsibility. When we get to heaven, God's going to go, good job. You know, were, you, were you the parent that I wanted you to be? Did you actually put your kids in line when it was meant to be, when to happen? So that follows up in 1 Samuel 2, 22 to 25. It says, Eli spoke to his sons, but did not follow through with consequences for, for their behavior. It's important to let your yes be yes to follow through. So when you say you're going to do something, as a parent, you need to follow through. That's really important. And um, so this brings us to a a great topic called discipline. Um, If you're a child and you're sitting here and you've been disciplined before, just um, understand it's not an easy job. We want to talk about infants first. There's a scripture in the Bible. It says in Proverbs 13, 24, to spare the rod and spoil the child. And that can be a bit of a controversial topic. It can be. It can be. But I'm... I'm not sure whether my dad's watching at the moment, but uh, he never spared the rod or spoilt the child. I can promise you that. Um, we did cop some smacks on the backside and some... That was the way to shape us and mould us. And at the time, it wasn't pleasing. I didn't enjoy it one little bit. But I must admit, I have said to Dad in, um, in our later days how I really appreciated the fact that, if anything, he was a little over-strict rather than casual and just let things happen. So it was actually a good training and a good teaching for me. So thanks, Dad. Um, Did you have something you want to say? I was just going to say we need to make sure we keep it in balance as well because if we're going to give our kids a bit of a a tap on the butt or, you know, smack across the hands, we need to make sure that we're not doing it out of anger and frustration. So you've got to keep that balance right and it's out of love that you do that. So you've got to be really aware of that. And if you're finding yourself you're getting a bit angry, well, then you just remove yourself from the situation because you don't want to take it out on your kids. Yeah, that's a good, good point. And then you move towards the period of teenagers. It's another, another challenge. So we've found over the journey that you, we need to find something that hurts the most. And when I mean hurts the most, it means something that hurts them the most, something that they don't want to lose to actually, to actually have an impact. Um, and I, I think for us, um, if we take away screen time from Michaela, it actually has an impact. And that's just the way it is and and, there's TV, there's gaming, there's computers, social media, phones. It's become so central to teenagers' lives that sometimes I think parents feel as though it's a a right or the kids feel as though it's a right. And I think as parents we need to go, no, it's not a right. It's actually a privilege and you need to earn that and it needs to be balanced with everything else that's going on. Um, So I think that's something that we feel quite strongly about. It's been effective with Michaela, she'll get her phone back in another 18 months. Uh, no, no, she's been, she's been very good. She's been very good. I want to also tell another story um, about being parented from my mum and dad. And they were on the strict side, as I said, but I got to seven, eight, nine, so I was getting less smacks on the backside. But um, 
I, Dad played cricket and I used to love spending the Saturday afternoon going with him to cricket or going to football and just spending time with him. So I remember this one day, I must have done something wrong. And he said, you are not coming to cricket with me, you're staying home. And I was absolutely devastated. He was not, and I can still see my face as a seven or eight-year-old looking out the window and he drove off and I was, for an hour and a half, I waited for him to come back and get me. He didn't come back and get me. And I'm, yeah, I've forgiven him. But the reality is that actually had more impact on me than the smacks on the backside. You need to actually find what hurts. And for, for kids... Young kids, you know what? In this world that we live in, quality time is probably the greatest need that they have. We are so busy as parents, so busy as adults, that we actually don't do this well enough. So I want to encourage you, those, to spend quality time. You know, um, you can take one-on-one time. But if you're a busy family, you've got to find ways in the middle of that. Yeah, we do. So we need to take responsibility in training up our kids, and we need to be intentional and actually um, in our parenting. I was watching something that was on, from Focus on the Family and it was on Facebook. It was outstanding. It was young. I think she was about seven or eight or nine or something and she was speaking. It was from a child's perspective, but it was so good. But it was saying in the first five years of a child's life, and this is from being in the mother's womb as well, it's really important that first five years for their health and development. And it's not just for their brain development, but it's actually for um, later on in life for helping them reach their full potential. It was really quite amazing what she was talking about and it says we do this by connecting with our kids talking with them playing with them bringing them up in a healthy family and bringing them up within community so we're community you know church is part of that community so we need to be intentional not just in those early first five years but we've got to continue to be intentional in their teenage years as well i mean they're 18 before you know it and they leave home they're gone before you know it you're empty nesters you know and that's that's a hard thing for a parent that's it all right. <laughs> I don't, no, oh, no, 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 no. I was devastated not, when my kids left home, yeah. and every time they come and visit and they leave, it's just awful. That's true. But we need to be intentional in our parenting. We need to make a plan and have strategies. But we've also got to understand we need to be flexible in those plans and flexible in those strategies because every kid is different. I mean, we know we've tried one thing with one kid, and you do exactly the same thing with the other because you think you've brought them up the same, and it does not work and you're left going well now what do I do so you need to make sure you're flexible in those plans and so as I said our time with our kids is limited so we need to be looking at ways to engage with them because the things of the world pull them away from the home there is so much vying for our kids attention that we need to be intentional with what we do in the home and that might be games night movie nights Um, when we first got married with all our kids we only had four at the time we used to, every two weeks, we used to sit around the table and have a discussion. And it didn't always go well, but it was one where we would talk about the good times and the things that we're struggling with, the issues we had. You know, sometimes it felt like a war zone, like seriously. There were tears, there was gnashing of teeth. No, it wasn't quite that bad. We're still together. Kids are still talking to us and they're still talking to each other, so it went all right. But that was a really important part of us as a family, was getting around that table every couple of weeks and talking. And I think it's important that we do devotions together as a family, that you pray together as a family, and for us, attending church together as a, as a family is something that we place high value on. This is only our preference or our yes. decision that we've made, but we, there's been opportunity for you to work yes. on a Sunday, and yes. we've actually chosen that we would not make ourselves available to do that. And so we just made a stand that we've prioritised church 
for ourselves and for our family mm. and to be, that's what we want to choose yeah. as a priority. Yeah, and we want to model that to our yeah. kids. You know, it's important that what we do, we model to our kids. So we want them to value or see us valuing church and, and church life so that they will grow up with that in them. And this here, this place here becomes part of their home. So it's not just coming to church. We encourage, I mean, all the other kids are left home. We only have Michaela, but we encourage her to serve in church yeah. because it becomes a part of who she is. And if one day she goes off and she starts, you know, doing other things in life, that we believe that, you know, God will, will stir that in her and would bring her back. So, mm. But we want to plant those seeds and water and develop those seeds, you know, now. So we think that's very, very important. So, you know, important in training up our kids, being intentional and being a parent. You know, Proverbs 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So being intentional in everything we do. And even... Um, we did this with Michaela. Um, we don't do it. We don't have it up now. But we had a whiteboard up at home where she could see, it, and we had the word "oat." So O A T across the top, and then down the bottom it went O equals obedience, A attitude. So towards us, circumstances, jobs, all those sorts of things, and T equals truth. And we had that up where she could see it because that's what we value in our home. And so we wanted her to learn to value that too. And even now that she's older, we don't have the whiteboard up. It's something that we refer back to all the time. You know, how do you think you're going in that area? Remember this. This is what's important to us. This is what we value in our home. So we always refer back to that all the time. So we'd, make, we'd show grace in areas that um, were preference, prefer, preferential. <laughs> But there were some things that were unconditional and there were consequences for those things and they were, they were three of yeah, them. So, that's it. Yeah. So if we're not intentional in our parenting, the news is that someone else will be. Someone else will have influence in our kids' lives and whether that's school, whether that's teachers, friends, whether it's the social media. I remember um, it wasn't too long ago I picked Michaela up from school and she jumped in the car and she told me about a conversation that had happened in one of her classes at school and I was really taken aback that they were talking about these things at school. So I had to actually then go, okay, well, that's interesting. Well, this is from our perspective, a faith perspective, a godly perspective. We actually had to open that line of communications with her because the voice that she was hearing outside of her home was really strong. And even some conversations amongst friendships groups, we've had to really keep those lines of communication open and go, well, actually, have you thought about this? Well, this is what we believe. This is what the Bible says. This is what God says. So and, we not, had... and not dismiss them. No, not dismiss them Not dismiss them, dismiss them but actually leave the communication lines open so we'd actually talk about it, have a conversation for 10 minutes and then move forward um, and go from there. So, yeah, excellent. Part of that, um, if you want the communication lines to be open with your, with your kids, you actually have to do this next principle. Gary, can you write this one down, please? Thank you. <laughs> Um, you need to be open, honest, and transparent as parents. God honours integrity, truth, and honesty, but despises lies and hypocrisy. See, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for being like whitewashed tombs. They were clean on the outside and looked a million dollars, but on the inside their hearts were not pure and were, had the wrong motives. And that's the same with us as parents. So the question is, how do we do this practically? to ensure that we can be an example to our children. Two quick ones. I've found that I apologise when I get it wrong. So when I make mistakes with Michaela, or even with our older kids, 
I will, I'm pretty quick to apologise and say, I'm sorry, I mucked that up. And sometimes I might actually, with Michaela, I know this has been an issue, I might say something that is actually good. It's actually correct. It needs adjustment and it needs correction. But my tone of voice is not correct. It's actually damaging her with the tone of voice. And so I've had to apologise for that as well. Secondly, we want to talk to our kids about our own mistakes and failures. Sometimes we have our parents up on a pedestal. We want to be open, real, transparent and go, hey, I didn't get it right. I've made mistakes. Um, when I was your age, I did this. And I think that's healthy and it makes them feel like it's okay. We're not just picking them up for all the things they do wrong. I've got a bit of a testimony for my daughter from a previous marriage, um, Raquel. Um, from five-year-old year to 12 years old, um, I was separated from her mum and we went through a a difficult stage where I spent a lot of time with Raquel and uh, she spent a lot of time with me. And I, you know, looking back, I go, how God turns around difficult situations for good. I mean, I had an incredible journey with her for those seven years where the quality time that I had with her, I, I played um, you know, basketball, table tennis, um, tennis, softball. We did lots of sporting activities, which was a common interest. I actually paid the ultimate sacrifice as a father I watched every episode of Gilmore Girls with her. The that, ultimate that, sacrifice, That I nearly you. killed me, Gilmore Girls. Anyway, um, we had a great time. But on that, I want to say she saw my journey of faith. I was still praying and believing for restoration from the relationship for seven years. God carried me through that because he had a lot of work to do in me. But, but Raquel actually saw me crying out to God saw me weeping, saw me, saw me fail, saw me having moments of victory. She experienced that. And I have no doubt that today, there's no guarantees, but today she follows after God. She's a youth pastor. She's studying uh, a, a course in, um, in the area. She has a heart and a love for God. And I believe that that was significant in her journey. No guarantees, but significant. Open and honest here. So we've been talking a lot about the influence that we can have on our kids and it's how, you know, the influence on their life really forms their opinions and their behaviour. So the company they keep is really important. So 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Bad company corrupts good character. So you could actually say this then. We can say, therefore, good company encourages good character. So we really want to know who our kids are hanging out with, know their, par- you know, their friends' parents as well. We had um, a sleepover, or well, Michaela had a sleepover with about you know, a few kids over the holidays, and I had parents who had never met us actually ring us and go, who's going to be home? What are you doing? So they actually rang to find out where their kids were going to be and who they were hanging out with, and that's really, really good. I thought, oh, that's so good. And so we need to make sure we know our kids' friends and their parents. And something that we mentioned earlier that, you know, coming to church is a really important part of our family life. And so um, kids' leaders and youth leaders, you have influence over the kids that are in your class. And first, I just want to say thank you to all our kids' leaders and our youth leaders because you do do an amazing job with our kids. And, you know, we entrust you with them and you just just do an outstanding job. But I think sometimes in parents, what we do is we go, well, the kids go to church, so the faith journey of our kids are the kids' leaders and the youth leaders' responsibility. But it's not. It's our responsibility. You know, we are the first port of call when it comes to our kids' faith journey. So I have a little bit of a 
A visual. A visual. I like a visual. Those who know me know I'm a very visual person. Let's hopefully I don't lose my marbles here. You lost them years ago. I lost my marbles years ago. So we worked out. Now, this is a very, very rough estimate, okay? Very rough estimate. We worked out these marbles represent how many hours per week a parent has with their children. So we've roughly worked out, taking school, sleep, activities away, somewhere between 50 to 60 hours per week that you have opportunity to be an influence on your children. Can you hold that for me, please? You need to use some muscle. Can I say something there? And look... We know that life is busy and we know that if we've got one child at the moment and we can spend that time with her to input into her. Mm. If you've got three, four, five and you've got a, a... It is a lot more difficult and so you can't probably have the one-on-one but God still requires us to actually find time to actually do this yeah. and make it a priority. Yes. So uh, we want to challenge you in that area. All right. My second little jar here has all of two marbles. So on an average... Between youth and kids, they may have two hours a week with your children. Okay, two hours, that's it. You know, and sometimes you even take that away because, again, there's holidays, there's things happen and youth's not on, kids' church isn't on, and you take that away and there's no, that influence isn't there. So can I have the big jar, please? Sorry. Thank you. So if you take away your parents' influence on the faith, you can move it now, you are left with this. So it's really important that as parents that we are involved in our kids' faith journey. For us, it's about parents and youth, kids leaders, church, supporting, connecting, communicating with each other, that you work together. It's not one or the other, it's both together. So when you pick your kids up from kids' church, have the conversation. What did you learn today? What did you do today? And develop that conversation even further. I love that youth is doing alpha. You know, we pick Michaela up and go, what did you do today? And she goes, alpha. What questions did they ask? And then we just keep the conversation going. It's about partnership, not one or the other. So we believe that's, for us, that's really, really important. It's important about surrounding your kids with good, strong, godly influences so that they are able to grow up to be really good, strong, godly influences in the world that they live in. So it's a partnership. That's good. Can I jump in there? Um, yep. I've got some friends who have had their parents were pastors and the, par- the parents got it wrong. They had God first, ministry second, family third. That's the wrong order. What happens was there's a resentment there because um, they didn't come to the, the sporting events because they were too busy doing ministry. So I think if you are involved in ministry, you do need to have your family as a higher order. Yeah, God number one, but family second, then ministry third, if that makes sense. I'll continue. Yes, please do. Next one, Gary. Thank you. Uh, number three from me. Cultivate an environment. This is one that's really close to my heart. Cultivate an environment at home where character is rewarded over performance. Character over performance. See, the world rewards appearance and performance. You watch the Olympic Games, you watch anything. There's nothing wrong with performing, but the world, social media, TV, everyone, people look at people and go, you've got to look a certain way. If you do that, you'll be successful. If you achieve something, that is not God's heart. We actually, and, and if we are not intentional here, we actually muck it up. We actually um, are going with the ways of the world rather than actually being a little different and actually 
um, following after God. So I want to encourage us all not to look for looks and results as the world does, but in the Old Testament it even happened. Saul was being about to be anointed as uh, king of Israel and he got anointed and he was handsome and head and shoulders above anyone else. That went bad after a few years and then David was anointed as the king and he was a man after God's own heart that prospered and was successful. I love this from Ash Barty. Most of you will know who Ash Barty is. Um, I read an interview which was talking about her life coach and the life coach said there's no pressure on Ash to perform. She doesn't have to perform because what happens is her number one focus is that she would be a great person. Then she can be, secondly, a great sports person. So I think as, as parents, I mean, I remember as, as a children's pastor, um, we had a, a grade six, grade five, six group, and I'd say, what's the biggest thing that you are feeling is pressuring you at the moment to the kids and we'll pray about it? And 50% said it's the pressure from our parents to perform academically. It might not be the case so much up here in a regional town, I don't know. But there is pressure that we put on to perform on our kids. And it's not what God wants us to do. Can I just say something? But we always want to encourage our kids to do their best. You know, we want to cultivate an attitude of perseverance and, and doing their best without taking that... How do I put this? So for some kids, say we're talking about school, their very, very best might be a C+. But if they are working at their very best, that needs to be celebrated, not put down because you're not getting the A+. Because every kid is different. Some kids are academic, some aren't. So we need to celebrate their strengths and to encourage them in their strengths. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, again, back to my older daughter, who's 27 now. I remember this. I learnt this lesson when she was three. I was playing a game of snakes and ladders. She's three. And when she won the game, I was really excited for her. I was high-fiving her, making a bit of noise. She was excited. It was a really positive moment. Then she lost after a while, and she started to crack the sad. She actually started to cry. And I've gone, what message am I sending here? Is it that it is actually great if you win and if you lose? And so I was, had to actually question myself. So I started to level out my reaction. Well done for having a win good effort, good try, you know, da, da, da. And so I started from the age of three. So I learned some lessons along the way, and this is one that I learned that um, she remembers very well. She was 11, and she was going to a friend's place who was 14. And she was only allowed to watch PG movies. She couldn't watch M movies at all, and we'd made that pretty clear. She went to the friend's place, and when I came home, I said, how was it? She goes, oh, it was really good, Dad. Um, And she explained this. The friend was putting pressure on her to watch an M-rated movie. And the the friend's mum was a pastor as well. So she felt, I thought she's going to probably have given in here. She said, no, I'm not allowed to watch this movie. I am not going to do it. And so she stood strong and demonstrated an honesty and a character. that. So how, how, as a dad, did I respond? I was really proud of it. I could say, well done, but I made a big deal of it. I actually said, I am so proud of you. And we end up going to Luna Park and having a big day of it. So I actually esteemed the character choice that she made rather than just going, well done, good job, I'll buy you an ice cream. I made a big deal of it. Then she played a lot of sport. She was good at sport and she played softball. She hit the winning run out of the park to to win it for her team. That was a performance-based thing. I said, I'm proud of you for your effort 
and for your diligence and how hard you've trained to do that well done and kept it at that. Does everyone understand where I'm coming from? So the focus went away from performance onto character, that I was going to reward character because that's God's heart. And we as parents can get caught up. We want the best for our kids. But I've learned over the journey that we need to actually balance that out with character. Have I got more to say? Oh, sorry. Now, Michaela, she's gorgeous. We love her. And, uh, but we want to talk about things if it's not your strength. You know, if you've got some areas, if your kids have got areas of weakness, what do you do? She's very creative, not as overly analytical. So things like singing, dancing, story writing, poetry, songs, photography, all that sort of stuff, she's really good. Analytical stuff, maths has been a journey since grade two. We've struggled and and we've come alongside her and I've done some work with her and we've got the basics and she's moved along to a competent level and that's been really good. So what we've done is, and what I feel God wants us to do with our kids' weaknesses is actually develop godly character traits, fruits of the spirit through teaching those traits. So perseverance, every time we see her, we go, we're so proud of your perseverance. You've worked really hard on this. And that's a quality that that is important to hold kids as life goes on through teenage years and through years when they're going to face some real, real challenges, they'll actually have that ingrained in them. So we need to speak words of life into our kids and, and encourage them to develop in those areas of weakness. Very good. I think that's, that's, that's it. about it for yes. me. So as I said, over the years, we have made plenty of mistakes as parents. We have put pressure on when we should have stepped back. We have stepped back when we probably should have said something. I have most definitely spoken out in anger when I should have zipped it. Um, and I've had to apologise for those times as well. There are times that we haven't even been on the same page. You know, it's really important that we are on the same page when we're bringing up our kids. And so, you know, we've even made the trap I talked about every kid is different. We've had that almost uh, uh, cookie cutter style of parenting where we've done it the same for all of them and that's certainly come back to bite us quite significantly at times. So, you know, as I said, all our kids are different. They have different personalities, different way of um, dealing with different situations. So we've just got to really learn, you know, what works for each of them. So a quick example on this one is our son Luke. He was at a public school and Luke's an extrovert. He Um, likes to get out there, try different things. He doesn't play by the rules at all. And we were finding that he was getting really pulled into... into making some decisions that wasn't really good for him. So we made a decision to pull him out of the public school and put him into a Christian school. Best decision that we made for him. Then Michaela, on the other hand, she was at the Catholic school here. And we've made the opposite decision. We've pulled her out of that and put her into the public school. And that's been the best decision for her. So what worked for one may not necessarily work for the other. So you've got to gauge your kids individually and make some decisions that sometimes feel like goes against the grain a little bit in sight and just... But we can only make those decisions if we're, um, as we're seeking God in them. We didn't yeah. make those two decisions without checking with God no. first. So the decisions we make, little, big, small, medium-sized, whatever they are, we need to be praying about them and, and checking in with God yeah, on those spirit, yeah. Yeah, first. So asking for his wisdom. Yeah. That's all from me. So last one, actually. The power of a praying parent the power of a praying grandparent, the power of praying kids' leaders, the power of praying youth leaders. There is power 
in prayer for yeah. all of our children. And I'm going to try and share a testimony quite briefly, and this is to do with a cousin of Greg's. Now, she had an extremely difficult life. At a young age, she was sexually abused, and then as she was an older teenager, she was hit by a drunk driver, and she nearly died. It was a very, very long recovery, and she actually suffered some brain damage as well. And from all of that, she has um, a very broken relationship with her family, with her parents and with her sister, and she was unable to care for herself properly. She's now 60, and she can be quite confrontational. She can be aggressive. Um, she rides around on a little scooter. She's in a country town. I'm not going to say where it is. Um, she can be, you know, she's got a name of herself for herself around town. It's been very difficult. You know, she asks for money. She gets out early in the morning. She goes to the supermarket. She, um, she doesn't have a lot of money. So she's banned from a lot of places because she hassles people so much. But over the last couple of years, there's been a gentleman who's seen her every now and then and has bought her a coffee and just started having conversation with her. And that's happened over the last couple of years. Well, her older sister came up from Melbourne just to give her a hand, and they were out at McDonald's for lunch. And this gentleman walked into McDonald's, and Greg's cousin called him by name and said, Hi, how are you going? And the other, older sister was thinking, who is this guy? You know, alarm bells were going, mm, what's going on here? But she noticed something written on his top, and it was from a Christian college. And so Greg's old, the older cousin, the older sister, is a Christian. So she invited the, him over, and they started having a conversation. And so this guy actually invited them to church. So they went. Uh, the, the younger cousin, the one who's had the accident, etc., she didn't really want to go, but she went. And from that, she has been now going every single week to church. She can't get there on her scooter, so people from church actually go and pick her up and take her to church. Recently, she just turned 60, about six people from the church. They went along to her birthday. They bought balloons and presents and really have been really loving on her. And she's even given her heart to Jesus. So it's an incredible story, but the point of my story is this. I mentioned that she has a um, strained relationship with her family members. Her dad, this is going to get me emotional, her dad for 40 years, every single day, prayed for his daughter. For 40 years, he has been praying for his daughter. The power of a praying parent. You know, that encourages me with a couple of my kids aren't walking with the Lord. It encourages me to pray daily for my children. Grandparents, pray daily for your grandkids. Youth leaders, kids leaders, let's pray daily for our kids. Thanks, Kaz. Uh, very moving for me when I found this, uh, this testimony out a couple of weeks ago. I spoke to the older sister. Um, and I was moved on a few fronts. I was moved because of God's faithfulness. God moving behind the scenes in what seemed like an impossible situation. Unable to function, a, you know, a nuisance in the community, making poor choices. And, uh, but God answered the prayer of her dad. And uh, so she's actually now in a relationship and, you know, it's a journey and she's, she's battling along in, in, obviously in some ways, but um, but what a great, great testimony of God's faithfulness. And the other one I want to encourage us with is one man's heart and his obedience. We church, we church, are we going to step up and go, I'm going to show care and love to that particular person if we get that prompt to do that? 
Uh, I think if we do what only we can do, God's wanting to actually pour out his spirit in people's lives. You don't know what impact you can have on someone who is hurting, who's broken, who's damaged, who's in desperate need of a touch of love from someone. So I want to encourage you, church, to step out in faith. We're going to have one last bit of encouragement. I think we're going to, I'm going to pray and then we're going to wrap up the live stream and then we're going to have a, a song that I felt to play um, and then if anyone wants some prayer, we can. So let me pray and uh, we'll go from there. Lord, I, I just want to thank you for your love for, for us. I thank you for your grace in my life. I am so unworthy of your love. And Lord, I thank you that you're a, a God who loves us forgives us for our mistakes and Lord you want us to be parents and people of who have influence over those around us so I ask Lord that your Holy Spirit would speak to people and as we've shared from our heart openly and honestly I ask that you would reach out and speak to people's hearts Lord that you would touch their hearts and people would be reminded of something they can do to be a better dad to be a better mum to be a closer family so I thank you for that and I thank you Lord for all those that are about to become parents or those that have got new little ones, Lord, I ask that they would be encouraged and strengthened. And and Lord, I also want to pray for people who have actually had strained relationships with their parents, Lord, broken relationships with their parents. I ask that your Holy Spirit would wrap your loving arms around them and that you would heal the hurt of those that are struggling with relationships with their mums and dads. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.